Hey everybody, just a quick announcement. Uh, Story San Francisco has booked our first live event. It's going to be Wednesday, April 18th at Cafe du Nord at 7 p.m. And the event is called Working with Death. It's part of the Reimagine End of Life uh, week-long series of events all over the Bay Area. And uh, I'm very uh, honored and thrilled to be part of it. Our lineup is going to include episode 10 storyteller Graham Cowley, storyteller and HIV training curriculum uh, developer Ed Wolf, and all-around badass artist and AIDS war veteran Mason Smith. So hope you can join us. Uh, The event is up on the Facebook page. Ticket information will be available soon, so be on the lookout for that. All right, here's the episode. When I first moved to the Bay Area, I started out in Richmond, California, in the East Bay. I moved here with my ex-husband, and we decided it wasn't going to work out. So I moved in with my best friend's brother um, in the Tenderloin. Tender Knob is what we called it then. And um, began my city experience. That was Red Cross Disaster Program Specialist Allison Bittinger. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. Welcome to episode 23. In part one of Allison's podcast, she'll share some adventures and misadventures from her early days in San Francisco, ending with her apartment on Oak Street, and talking about just how nuts the streets of the city are these days. Here's Allison. Um, one of the stories I wanted to share was my first street fair in San Francisco. Uh, while I was still living in Richmond, I worked for a woman as who had an in-home daycare. And her daughter worked there, and her daughter invited me. Hey, you want to come to the Folsom Street Fair in San Francisco with us? She was going with a couple of friends. And I was like, oh, that sounds great. Going into the city and a fair, some street food. Um, I had no idea what the Folsom Street Fair was. I just made my assumptions. Um, and then at the time, we she had been dating somebody who owned the building on 9th and Folsom. It was a, a bar, I forget the name where it was then, it's right. new and different now. Sure, of course. Um, but, so we went there, and she took me in and showed me around, we went upstairs to the um, fire escape, and went out on the fire escape, and I looked out, and the fair was gathering, people were coming, and I was like, oh, 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 there's leather, and whips and I had no idea where is the hot dog or the you know oh there it is <laughs> the cotton candy yeah so um, a lot of leather whips and a lot of skin a lot of skin mm-hmm. yeah so that was um that was eye-opening and it was one of those things where I was shocked I came from a small town in Idaho of 5,500 I was just about to ask what had where had you come from and and um and also you were living in Richmond, California, not the, right. not the neighborhood. How, like how much exposure had you had to San Francisco? And Maybe like one or two visits. Right. And so I really like had seen some parts of the city, but didn't really get the feel of it yet. It was just exciting. And I was really excited to be in the city and around it and around so much difference. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. And... I also loved the anonymity, um, coming <laughs> from a small town where everybody knows you and knows your business. 
I think when I get older, that might be nice and comforting. But as a teenager and young adult, it was kind of stifling. Yeah. And so that was one of the things I really loved about the city was that I could come and be a part of a crowd and not not be like Mike and Roxy's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Did um, you so you're up on the fire, fire escape and, um, and taking so all this in, taking it in and just like I think my eyes were probably really big and I was just like, wow wow they're, they're so brave and um i just don't you know i didn't understand it but mm. i was like this is amazing whatever it is i'm so happy to be here right um and stayed for a few hours and then did a you went down da- you went I down didn't go, well, i think i did I, I went down and walked around back and forth mm-hmm. and i've since gone to a couple mm-hmm. um for entertainment purposes but <laughs> uh yeah, that day it was kind of just a big shock. And so every time there was another fair, I mean, we have fairs all summer long, every weekend all over the city. And mm-hmm. so every time there was another one, I'm like, but what is it? Like, what, <laughs> are, what are we celebrating? <laughs> another um, story that just came to me telling you about moving in with Dustin and then moving to my other, my first studio in the city. I lived in a on the sixth floor and had a neighbor who was kind of like the cranky old lady neighbor who mm-hmm. was kind of threatening and... Um, said that I was loud, which hmm. I'm far from loud. Had she been there for 6,000 years? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that was many years ago, like 2004, 2005. And in 2009, I started volunteering with the Red Cross. Mm-hmm. And one of the activities that I loved is the DAT team, which stands for Disaster Action Team. Okay. It's a team of volunteers who go out to a fire or a flood or any type of major disaster, even... Um, you know, power outages and things like that. And we support the residents who are affected. Mm-hmm. Um, so not long after I started volunteering, there happened to be a giant fire in the building right next to my old one. Oh so my I God. wasn't living there, but I was volunteering here and responded to that fire. Mm-hmm. And the evacuation center had been set up in the St. Francis Hospital. Okay. And so I went in there and I was helping and registering people. And this woman came up to me in a bathrobe started talking to me and I looked at her and I was like oh my god that's my old neighbor (laughs) it was so bizarre and just really kind of crazy but was she she nicer in a moment of need Uh, yes good did she recognize you I don't think so yeah and I didn't I didn't yeah jump in and be like remember me so another story I was going to share about San Francisco was one of my I don't think it was my first beta breakers but it was definitely one of my first ones I had moved um, into an apartment on Oak Street, and everybody in that apartment was friends with uh, apartment across the street, and they had a on garage fell across the street, or? across the street from Oak, oh. Oak and uh, Laguna. Oh, before the Panhandle, sorry. Yeah, down almost before the freeway. Got it. Got it. And um, and so we, I don't, I don't remember who came up with the idea, but we decided that the, we were going to build a bar on wheels, mm-hmm. and so for months. Our neighbor was building a bar on wheels and just pulling pieces together and it ended up being spectacular and probably still be standing today if we hadn't taken it all the way out to the ocean um but we we built a huge a big bar on wheels and then they gave me a sign that was probably three or four probably four or five feet long a big sign that said wild mustache ride and then they gave me gobs of fake hair that you get at like a salon or a hair place where you can buy fake hair okay i don't know what they're <laughs> called but 
I had a friend who bought a bunch of that, maybe a craft store, I don't know. But anyway, I had a lot of fake hair, and they wanted me to make a giant mustache. And I was <laughs> working with kids and crafty, and I got a can of spray glue and made this at least four-foot mustache. Oh it was hilarious. Tina, so four feet wide. Tina, how thick? We're talking like Tom Selleck or? It stuck out, and it was kind of kind of a like the traditional mustache where it like the pringles can up. guy yeah, exactly okay four feet <sighs> a lot of hair was yeah. it heavy it was a little bit heavy yeah <laughs> it was sticky it was kind of a mess <laughs> oh my god um but we got it up and and that was probably one of the most wild parties of the time i've spent there so was the sign the sign said free mustache rides was it mounted on the on the bar on this bar float bar and wheels it was mounted and it was wild mustache ride wild mustache ride yep. okay wow. yeah and so we had many of us pushing and you could ride in the bar if you needed a break and music playing and the team got it all the way out to the ocean wow i don't really remember if i made it out to the ocean but the bar <laughs> the bar did and then when they went and picked it up that was it was a good time. It was in the garage for a few years before I finally had to get rid of it. I mean, a lot of my friends at the time were bartenders mm. and um, servers. And so I think we had a variety, but lots of beer mm -hmm. in a keg. Mm -hmm. Plenty of cups. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, laughed so hard that weekend. And it was just, it was, I would say that it's like, um, it was a U-shaped bar when you could stand up in it and then the sign was on the back and um it was made out of wood and i think like plywood on the bottom and and mounted on like a platform wheels, yeah that yeah. was on wheels yeah it was fun though some of the my best memories is my oak street apartment with there was always always like once i moved in there was always women living there so it was the ladies of four to eight and it was like a, a roommate situation. Yeah. Okay. Flat. Um, and we were on the bottom floor, and there's four bedrooms or three and a half, depending on how you looked at that mm -hmm. one under the stairs. Mm -hmm. um, my friend Claudia is still there. Wow. She's been there at least, at least a decade, probably longer. It's terrifying on the streets right now, um, for people, bicycles. I drive a scooter. Yeah. Um, it it was already bad. Yeah. And and now it's worse. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know what, what it takes to change. It seems like the police department and some parts of the city are really working on it, but. I don't see that. I, you see that. I don't see that. I heard an NPR conversation this morning about them, like, putting people, boots on the ground, like people out hmm. walking and, but it was a probably promotional. Or, right. You know, <laughs> right. Was, I'm sure they're selling themselves on the nice by light, the SFPD. hopefully they are, you know, really doing something. It feels like. Um, it feels like things have gotten worse, at least where I live in the Tenderloin. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't see like a light at the end of the tunnel, even though we have so many resources, mm -hmm. the homeless population and, and the mess that they leave have just really been hard to deal with the last few years. Mm -hmm. It's kind of wears me down. Music for the podcast is by Otis McDonald, a.k.a. Joe Bigale. Otis has a new album up on Spotify called Float, so go check that out. Film photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. 
Please remember to follow Story San Francisco on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All the episodes and Michelle's photos of storytellers are up on the website, storiedsf.com. Other ways to listen include Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can reach us by email at storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Check back Thursday when Allison will talk about some San Francisco disasters she's worked.